Good evening and welcome to another episode of From the Backseat Football Podcast. Um, I think we should start with an apology because we are back but we've been gone for absolutely ages and that's our fault. We ghosted you, listener, and we're sorry about that. But we are back now and there's more of us than ever and we are motivated to deliver good content. So thank you for sticking by us. And we can't promise we won't ghost you again because life does get in the way, but hopefully we won't. But, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, It's a great day. It's a really great day, actually. On the same weekend that Kevin De Bruyne came back to football, another great return has happened. Hugh is back on the pod. Will he make as big an impact as De Bruyne? We will see. But big things are expected from him. But he's back. It's true. I've got an assist in me tonight. It's good to be back. Hopefully I can score a 30-yard screamer for a winner, just like our boy KDB. But yeah, it's good to be back. It's great to have you back. And that is all the Man City chat we're going to do today because collectively we hate Man City. So enjoy that, City fans. You can stop listening now. Um, Also with us is our Tottenham correspondent, Belle. Hello, Belle. Welcome again. Absolutely honoured to be here. Thanks for having me. Regular. Wherever there's Spurs chat, she'll be around. And <laughs> our long-time Chelsea correspondent, Joseph Doherty. Hello, Joe. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. So, we're switching out the format. We've realised that, listener, you don't actually listen beyond 45 minutes. So, we're going to match you and we're not going to go beyond 45 minutes either. So, there you go. This is your fault. If you wanted more content, you should have kept listening. But I think the main things we're going to talk about today are Manchester United game. Very interesting game. Um, and what happened with Spurs, a bit on Spurs transfer business. And then the news about Everton and Nottingham Forest. How have Everton broken FFP again so soon after breaking it before? Why are the Premier League determined to send them down? I'm personally invested in that story. And then if we have time, you might... Stick the knife in Chelsea a little bit because that's always a fun thing we like to do. But yeah, first, let's talk about Manchester United. So Manchester United 2, Spurs 2. In my opinion, I thought it was not that interesting a game, but there are interesting narratives and side stories around it. And I think, weirdly, people are getting too carried away with Spurs being good and Manchester United being bad because actually it was quite an even 2-2, I thought, on the whole. Spurs were a bit better, but... I don't know. Narrative makes things weird. It feels like Man United lost the game and Spurs won the game, even though it's 2-2. That's just my that's just my neutral take. I thought it was all right, really. Um, I feel like the main talking points are around the non-scoring strikers all scoring, basically, in Haaland, Haaland Richarlison, Rashford and Timo Werner almost scored, but he did get an assist, so he's back. Um, but, Bell, how did you find the game from your perspective? Well, I've got to say that I did see your message in the group chat during the game saying that you thought it was an amazing game. <laughs> um, I think that was uh, before, uh, before half-time. Um, yeah, no, you I, I literally think... community noted me. I think it was um, the first half was good. The second half, I got a bit sleepy. Um, I think it was... Um, I think we went into it with a lot more confidence because we saw that we had people returning, like Mickey van der Ven was coming back, Romero was back. We hadn't seen those two together since, I think, the Chelsea game, which we don't like speaking about anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I think we had this sort of sense of sense of confidence going into this, that we were just going to um, completely dominate them. And uh, actually, I felt that we'd become... 
I think I think it felt a bit f- like kind of what's the word? It felt a bit scrappy. Um, it was really noticeable that Kulisevsky wasn't there. Um, there were some highlights, but I think um, I have to say, like this is awful to say, but hats off to Manu because. I couldn't believe some of the stats I was hearing. Rashford had not scored at home the entire season until that game. I would Since be May, apparently. if I was a United fan by this point. Um, but what I think is impressive is I think like um, to score to score against um, Spurs' actual best back line and Vicario is a testament to to him to I don't know to what on earth is going on there um yeah I um I didn't really line was that wasn't it it was good I mean it's good to see Van de Ven Romaro Romero sorry I don't know Spurs team I'm a Chelsea fan Romaro Romaro that famous Romaro he is a proper busybody he would <laughs> um, well, no, it's difficult, isn't it? Because all we've wanted all this time since November is to see that back four again. And then when we did, I think it looked um, it looked scrappy. And there was one bit that gave me a heart attack, which is when um, Idogi hit the post and basically almost scored an own goal. And I just thought, this is not what I want to see. Um, but no, I enjoyed it. And I, I think what's really good is to see Richarlison on, on form. This is now six and six, I think. So... I think it's. I think it's. Um, I think it shows that he that we've really got like a lot of faith in him, like basically stepping in to be like our main striker, um, and the fact that we have got Timo Werner on loan, kind of shows we're backing Richarlison more because we haven't committed to actually buying a striker, and I actually might quit the club if Timo Werner um, is. Uh, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? It's a bit on harsh him. on Timo Werner, not a striker. He's not a real striker. <laughs> You know, I thought, thought it was a joke when, um, when everyone was saying, oh, we're going to get Timo Werner. I thought they'd just taken the piss. Um, well, Turbo Timo. Go on. <laughs> Turbo Timo. He looks good, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, what's all this Timo slander? I thought he played really well yesterday. Did you? Did you? Didn't he how miss many times he hit up into the sky to hit the moon? Well, well look, considering he's like been that. there less than a week, I think he'd done pretty well to get an assist. That's what, one more assist than Anthony all season, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very low bar, but that is, yeah, statistically accurate. It is a low bar, I'll admit. I was actually impressed. I actually think Timo's going to be a great signing for them. I think he's got... Oh. Couldn't handle that. Couldn't handle the talk about Timo. <laughs> <laughs> It. How dare you speak badly of Timo Werner? That was a protest. <laughs> Welcome back, Joe. <laughs> a little soul? Uh, just a little one. Just a little one. <laughs> Wait until I talk about Kai Havertz, mate. You're going to be absolutely raging. Oh, mate. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying him, mate. <laughs> What's he? One goal this season so far in how many games? Well done. Well done. 63 mate. million. Thanks for that. So you know, take- rude. Yeah, yeah. And so Turbo Timo, you know, first assist, good on him. He looks good in white. He's shit like the rest of the squad. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he's, he's very fast. I think that's his main thing. He's very fast and he's offside a lot. But that is what Spurs like. They like forwards who try and make runs in behind constantly and are fast, basically. And mm-hmm. Ange is just trolling us. He's basically said... I can make him score goals. I'm a better manager than any of you lot. 
I can do it. I've done it with Richarlison. I can do it with Timo. I think that's you what's know going what? on. That, yeah. that, I actually was afraid of that when this happened. I like. I thought Ange, if he's going to score goals, he's going to score goals in Ange's team. This is without, yeah. that, you know, that forward thinking, counter-attack, progressive passing kind of team where you can get in behind, run through. And, you know, you know, Timo, you'll have three or four chances per game. He'll miss most of them, but you know, if you give him enough, he's got he can do it. He gets behind, and you know, the assist yesterday. I mean, give give it to him. He does he does get one assist more than Anthony in sixteen games. But I, yeah, I did see a few of those shots. They did look a bit raspy, though. I'm sorry. It does kind of make me wonder, though, if it, if you know they were. It happened the first time it happened. I was like, okay. Second time, okay. But I think I saw it four times. Um, but no, it does make me wonder though. Is that if he, if basically he's just there to pad out the bench um, when everyone else is on form, is bringing him on with ten minutes at the end of a game going to give him enough time to get through as many attempts as he can before he? I think he needs to be clinical. Um, I think you may have got the wrong guy if that's what you're looking for. But I agree, like, it's no risk. Like pad it out while Son's gone. I think that's basically it. Just, just yeah. literally, just cover for Son while Son's away. Because like it's alone, and there's actually not that many good strikers. Look how many clubs need a striker. Man United need a striker. Arsenal need a striker. Oh, no. Chelsea need a striker. Everyone needs a striker. There are no strikers. So Timo Werner, as daft as it sounds, is probably in like the top thirty best strikers in world football still. He's also yeah. very direct in the same way that Son is. You know, and like mm-hmm. Brennan Johnson on the right, just sprinting in. You know, I think he fits the style of play really, really well. And I think I think at Chelsea, it got a bit muddled. No offence, Joe. I'm not going to try and slander them too much. But I don't think he was utilised, just like I have it, just like I have it, wasn't utilised to his best at Chelsea. And now that they've both moved to North London, we're going to see them both flourish, is what I think. Still okay. waiting for that to happen, but... My question would mate, be on don't that. Let me pull right. stats out, mate. I will. And I will. <laughs> I will defend him staunchly. Here's my question for yeah. you. How many Arsenal players have scored more goals than Richardson this season in the Premier League? You know what? My housemate asked me that and I didn't want to answer, so I'm going to give you the same answer, which is I'm not going to answer. Cause... That's a zero. <laughs> Nobody. Starboy, Gabriel Martinelli, Gabriel Jesus. No one. No one. Nobody. Shots at the house now, yeah, mate. I like that. You know what? I'm not <laughs> going to come back that. now for three months. If I speak, you know. I do. I, I do have a question for you, Bell. Though, like, I don't know so much about the Spurs Youth Academy, but if you're mm. talking about bringing T- Timo on for like the last ten minutes of games to pad mm. it out, do you not have any youth strikers that come through? And I, I can answer my own question because actually, yeah. we sold uh, a very promising looking youth striker to you, um, Bell, and mm. he's scoring a lot of goals in the under 18s So. I just wonder if this is stopping a progressive path of youth through the Tottenham squad. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because our under-21s are the best record of any, of women's, men's, of any age group or like any part of the club. Um, and I think it's it's interesting because we have recently seen on the bench maybe two maximum to um of the youth squad on our bench but considering and also 
but we don't play them. I think the problem is basically, I think the way that Ange likes to play is that he will normally make a substitution at like 60, like make his subs at 60 minutes. It's basically a game of two. It's like, there's like two whole, it's like two lineups to, to each game. And he makes all the subs really early on, which I find really stressful because most of the games exceed much further than like 95 minutes. So you're playing mm. a lot of football without your starting um, lineup. Um, and so I think only twice have I seen anyone from, um, like maybe Dorrington, uh, maybe Don Lee, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it's a bit of a tangent. Maybe I can so give I was just going to say, it's a bit of a tangent. For... Go on then. Go on. You don't, you love the stats, Jack. Come on. We need more stats. Go on, hit me. Show. All right. So just because I've got a bit of passion here, I didn't really want this kid to leave, but Jude Soonsup Bell. Difficult name. That's why I didn't remember it. But another Jude. That's number one. Jude's do well mm-hmm. in this game. It's a good sign. Um, <laughs> this guy for Tottenham's un- this guy for Tottenham's under twenty one in the PL two. Uh, he's got ten ten. Um, sorry, what am I saying? Seven goals, four assists in ten games. And at the football league, he's got two goals in three games. That is that's quality, right? Yeah, still unders though. So. But that is pretty good as a record. Why are we not starting him? Yeah, I mean, why, we, why is he not on the bench? I think, um, I think in a way, it was almost, I mean, I think people have been arguing that coming up to January, we wanted to make the bench look as absolutely bleak as humanly possible so that there might be some chance of business. It's <laughs> um, a classic that, tactic. Mourinho loves that tactic where he's like, oh, I've only got four players on the bench and they're all goalies. What can I do? Yeah, well, that, I think that's what's been going on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think Spurs are actually known for putting absolutely um, for there being such a stint for there not being like that's that room for development. There's not that kind of ladder up. Um, they think they just basically sell them the second that they like come of age. Mm-hmm. We don't have a good academy at it. It's a well-trodden path, to be fair. It's very on trend to get rid of your uh, prospects. Um, Let's talk about other players who have left Spurs, though. Let's not talk about prospects. Let's talk about failed prospects, like Eric Dyer. Very <laughs> bad at football, almost famously bad at football. Um, on this pod, I think we've only been negative about him. And he has, he has made us all look like mugs because he has now left and gone to join Bayern Munich. Permanently. It's not even a loan. I thought it was a loan. It's permanent. Like three mm-hmm. mil. How has he fallen upwards, Bell? So, or anyone, please explain to me, to listener, how it's possible that Eric Dyer can play for Bayern Munich in 2024. I have one theory, which I think is the, the prevailing theory, that on Football Manager, sometimes when you sign a really good player, they say, can you sign someone to help me settle in? And you say, yeah, no worries. And so Eric Dyer is that guy to share the bunk beds with Harry Kane to just speak English to him and just, you know. Doesn't that say more about how he would choose Eric Dyer of all people? (laughs) Of all people. Because also, I'm not going to go too far into this, but I do know a lot about all of their personal lives, which social groups they hang out with, whose wives are friends with whose, whose kids go to school with each other. And that that in itself, that's a different episode, I reckon. Yeah, that's the secret life of Eric Dyer. What's he really up to? I could tell you what he's up to. There was one point which I really respected actually, where this was, I think, in the 2018 19 season, where it came out that he'd enrolled at university to study sociology because he didn't think he was going to have a future in football. 
Um, and he'd already been playing for Spurs for like five years by this, at this point, like starting every game. But he was still like, I need a backup. But that's how little he believed in himself. Because um, he's terrible at football. He's a realist. <laughs> no, I think in terms of the move to Bayern, like um, I cannot say how impressed I am. Um, I... I think he's, I mean, everyone's saying he's obviously got the best agent in the world. I think he, I think there must have been like some kind of agreement with Harry. I think they probably just, he just wanted like a golf buddy. Um, yeah. But I'm interested to see if he actually starts, like what he, what he's yeah. going to be doing there. Um, I want him to be happy. I don't hate him. Um, although I do have strong opinions about literally everyone, but. Um, it's just apathy. He's just, yeah. he's just rubbish. His, I think his Spurs legacy is going into the stands and confronting someone who started trying to argue with his dad or something. That's that's how I remember oh, him, yeah. mainly. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Buy, do buy and take a few of these misfits, though, don't they? Think about cheap promoting. He joined Bayern from fucking He was Stoke good, though, for them, wasn't he? He still is. He was very good. And so, you know, Dyer might be decent, but... Well, then, actually, when... how's Bayern... Like, is Bayern... Is their reputation in the Bundesliga as like, you know, is it like in my mind? So I don't, I don't really watch any Bundesliga. Is Bayern basically like the Man United of Germany, where they have all of the prestige but not actually on form as we think they would be? Nah, they they're, they're not, always on form. I mean, they won it basically like, every year. For like, I think they won ten in a row, I believe, or something ridiculous like that. They might not win it this year because Leverkusen are unbeaten, but they probably will. In the end, they probably um, that would mean that the Harry Kane curse continues to an absolute. <laughs> and it's crazy, isn't it? He could break Lewandowski's scoring record, and they might not win the league for the first time in twelve years, which would be the most Harry Kane thing. That I think <laughs> quite, that'd be quite happen. glorious, wouldn't it? And I bet Tottenham will win like the FA Cup this year to top it all off, or something like that. I'm going to well. quote you on that. Um, Call so me Mystic Mac if it comes true. It's a high possibility. Well, we've got to get past City first, but then we are playing at home, so we might actually manage it. Yeah, um, you always, you always bang City at home. Yeah, always. Yeah, I actually can't wait. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, th- I think the plan, as I, I think I said on the last one, I think very briefly, the plan is basically Harry wins the Champions League, Spurs win something, then Harry comes back so that he can win a Premier League with his club. Okay. Then we're going to win the league Ooh. with Harry. Like, so here's oh, the real Lord. question, though, Bell. Does Eric mm-hmm. Dyer come back with Harry in this plan? Because how's he going to settle? How's he going to settle back in London if and, he doesn't have his mate? And will not let Eric Dyer even like back in the country. He would literally, he cannot stand him. Yeah, that interview was savage, actually. It's just like, Does this change your plans for Eric Dyer? No, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's got to go. <laughs> he would literally not have no one than uh, have him there. He's so rude. All right. Quickly, before we um, before we take a quick break, can you tell us, can anyone on the pod tell us anything about Dragusin? Um, yeah, from what I've I read, you've, you've somehow mugged off Bayern Munich by sending them Eric Dyer and then mugged them off again by buying the guy that they wanted to buy, forcing them to get Eric Dyer. So it's a double, it's a double win over Bayern. But who is Dragusin? Is he good? He seems like generic, got to be careful, generic Eastern European warrior. That's his vibe. Oof, He's got a ponytail. Because of the hair. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. And oh, also because his name is Dragusin. Immediately I'm like, well, he's he's just a hard bastard, isn't he? Like, that's his vibe. I'm actually, I'm really excited about him because I think he has the potential to kind of um, offset some of the um, 
some of the traits that we've already got in the likes of Romero and Mickey because so I mean he's primarily like a left centre back but he can play across all those positions and he apparently if this is true I am impressed he has only been booked once in the whole of last season which we desperately need because Mm. we've been booked more than pretty much everyone so that's like a that's that's actually cracking for you guys with Romero Mm. as well that is cracking if you can get someone who's pretty disciplined in defense that'd be really nice uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's going to be a success. Annoyingly, because if you look at all their transfers from Serie A recently, I can't think of a flop. Udigil is really, really good. Vicario yeah. is better than David Raya, which fucking pisses me off every time I see it. Um, <laughs> they've signed someone else from there as well, haven't they? I think Saab came from Serie A as well. Yeah, he did. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And we used to have, but he's gone now, but the most underrated, perfect person, Gallini. Gallini, Dude. you have. So, oh, no, he was trash. Gallini no, Gallini was he this. was trash. <laughs> he was this. He was so trash. He was just Deli Ali's like, best mate. And then yeah, he just yeah, went he, he was. No, but he basically managed to get permission to film a music video <laughs> of him rapping on top of the golden cockerel on top of the stadium. And what? the song was Champions League, My Champions Dream. But we never made it to the Champions League. And he never got <laughs> to play in the Champions League. <laughs> oh, that is so sad. What a, that's, a, that's a sad legacy. I'm actually going to put that in the chat now so you guys can watch it. I literally have no <laughs> idea who this person is. This will be the only reference point. <laughs> just this sad man on top of the Spurs stadium singing about the Champions League yeah um, yeah no but I think back to Jackson I think he's going to be great I think um, I guess I just have this I need to get used to the idea that there actually may be people on the bench because I, I just keep sort of flapping and panicking that I don't understand how everyone is going to be like how is this going to line up how who's going to play with who da, da, da. and then I realized that actually most teams do have more than just one option for each position yeah um, so it's just about being patient I guess it's best practice you're supposed to have two good players for every position ideally Arsenal the innovators there because they got two goalies which is mind-boggling um but yeah I think that's a good time to take a break unless I know you want to talk about more Spurs but we have to move on Bell I'm afraid Got a whole section though. So when we're back, we'll talk about FFP and maybe about Chelsea. Amazing. Welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. We are now heading over to St. James's Park where the return of Man City, or Man City, of Kevin De Bruyne for Man City. It's sending shockwaves across the league. Where do we start with this one? It was all looking so promising for Newcastle, wasn't it? 2 1 up, mm-hmm. playing against one of the best teams in Europe. I was like so happy. I was like, they're going to drop points again. I dare Newcastle to believe. Out of this title race, <laughs> so I dare to believe. And then KDB looking quite lean, coming off the bench with a new trim. Mm-hmm. Changed the game completely. Uh, an assist and a goal, or a goal and assist, to put it in the right order, changed everything. A 3 2 win at St. James's Park. They're going to win the league, guys. They're going to win the league. Okay. He's actually so good at football. It's actually annoying because I don't even know what's better, his goal or his assist, because they're both like immaculate. 
and he's talking about his girl and he was like yeah I know that he's trying to make himself big so I just put it through his legs and you're like it's outrageous <sighs> to even say something like that you know and then like his assist for Oscar Bob it's just like it's ridiculous it, there's no margin for error in any way the pace the direction like it's yeah it's mental he's just doing that as he's, he's half fit as well this is like a half fit yeah. KB he he's pissed off He's pissed off that he missed half the campaign for sure. Listeners, you know, get your fantasy football going. KBB getting in there. Harlan is away. KBB is away. Sorted. Yeah, that's so nice though. Like, you guys are all at the top of the league. You're worrying about the league shaking. Just nice, you know, sitting just nicely below Brighton, chilling out by the seaside. <laughs> Uh, it's so nice this year that we just don't have to worry about you know who's going to win the Premier League and all that anymore. Just yeah, it's just a bit too stressful, <laughs> isn't it? You just thought, I, I don't, like this. We don't want to be involved. <laughs> you know what? Well, for our mental oh, health, we're going to have a couple seasons out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, tell I'll you. open that question to the room. Who do you actually think is going to win the league this year? Liverpool's going to win the league, mate. Boom and bust seasons. We Ignored busted last you. season. We're going to win this year. Liverpool. Like you think Liverpool? <laughs> I thought it was going to be Spurs, but... <laughs> I thought it was going to be Arsenal, but no, it's not looking good. What about you, Joe? I think Arsenal. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I, reckon, I like that. I, I, like I that. reckon uh, probably Liverpool, to be honest. I mean, what? Oh, actually, Jack, I mean, you mentioned earlier, I mean, Arsenal just don't have the goals in them this season. Yeah, they don't. They have no goals. I'll tell you what, Arteta has been running our team into the ground. <laughs> I read yeah. the stats. Saka has played like the last 100 Premier League games consecutively. And if you add all the England games into that as well, he's actually, he's doing a Wayne Rooney. He's actually 28 in a couple of years. The amount of I, I was thinking that. By 25, he could be done. He could be burnt out at 25 like Michael Owen. He is looking ineffective and it makes me very, very sad, actually. Mm. So what's the sad. answer? Who would you sign? Ivan Tony for 100 mil. Makes perfect sense. It's not going to FFP. FFP, deal with that later, you know. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Just 10 points in two years. At least you know what you're getting into now. The reality is, is there's no striker that I think can walk, unless we sign Oshimen for 150 mil, which is... Yeah. There is no... That's our first time, get off. Yeah, you spent your money on Kai Sado. Oh, mate, you know, we still got some bank for Evan Ferguson. Come on, Brian, give us. <laughs> oh, God. Talk about that. You've, oh, you've got the hot one of Nico Jackson, mate. Oh, Daddy Todd is all over it, mate. Evan Ferguson, 200 million. Let's go. We right, just genuine got question. Connor, we've got to sell Conor Gallagher, Levi Colwell. We've got to sell... <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> Rhys James, get rid of him as well. Get rid to be of fair, Rhys James. <laughs> hot take, you should get rid of Rhys James. That guy misses 80% of the season. Oh, yeah, mate, we're swapping for Brendan <laughs> His legs, his hamstrings are made of Weetabix. Like, he literally yeah. spends 20 minutes on the pitch and he's off for three months. It's crazy. Oh, poor lad. He's, he's oh, too yeah, chunky. The City game was good though, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's just slander Chelsea, all right? Let's just slander Chelsea, all right? We're done with City. They're going to win the league. It's all done. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Like Chelsea. Now, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Joe, because I remember when we went out for 
Jack's partner's birthday back in the summer when preseason was going on. We were waxing lyrical about Mudrick and, and Nicholas Jackson. Mm-hmm. Six months oh, later, wait. how are we feeling? <laughs> yeah. I feel relaxed, you know. It's nice, as I said, <laughs> nice place in the table. I've got to be honest, I was fucking gutted about Middlesbrough. That was the shittest game, the shittest game ever to watch. We did not, we had like nothing. We were like a blunt pencil. We didn't even have the like little nib. It was like the pencil had been cut in half by a pair of scissors. Couldn't get shit out of it. It was so insanely annoying. But I have been to a sauna today. I've done a meditation therapy and I'm feeling good. And now seventh looks just fine. Um, (laughs) How are you feeling about Poch? Yeah, he's he's all right. <laughs> he's, no, Poch, Poch, Poch is. Um, I think if you give him some time, I mean, we've got a load of young players. We pushed them all together. Uh, we haven't got any real senior leaders in the squad apart from Thiago, and he's like senior, senior. Um, <laughs> then you know you've got to give him time, and Poch, I think, is the best person to deliver that because if you look at the squads. You wouldn't say anyone looks really terrible. Like they all look fairly average oh, to six or seven one. out of ten. Yeah. You know, Malo Gusto mm. looks pretty good. Caicedo's been doing okay. Enzo's looking better. Mudrik has bright spells. No, occasionally. no, sorry, no. You know what you doing okay. He's doing okay. One hundred and fifteen mil. He's doing okay. <laughs> you cannot tell me that this. No. <laughs> I'm not having it. Give I'm it time, it. mate. Give no. it. T- trust the process. Billy Gilmore is playing better at Brighton than Caicedo is. I didn't want to let him go. So there's. You're going to need another round in the sauna, mate. The trouble's oh, coming out. <laughs> I think we want to let him go. <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> Livramento, I didn't want to let Livramento go. Uh, Lanky, to be fair, I didn't think much of him, but he's doing pretty good. Um, yeah, just don't let's. Seventh is good. Yeah, all right. You know, you, know <laughs> you guys are sitting ninth right now. But you know, um, yeah, I know, but like. We were seventh before. I think it fizzles so good. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really matter. Really. I'm just angry because we've lost our last three games. Bell, yeah, can I ask no. you, what do you think about Poch at Chelsea? How do you feel about that? Um, okay, obviously, when it when the rumours started circulating it was going to happen, I didn't believe it. I thought it was all a lie. Then I blocked everyone I knew who supported Chelsea for like the entirety of summer, um, especially, because, especially because we were absolutely dying for Poch to come back. Like it was all we could ever talk about is what I dreamt about every night. It was absolutely disgusting that he went to Chelsea. So it was just like the worst possible, worst possible, possible, possible everything. Um, but because he's not doing well, I feel like I've shed all of this anger and I just feel it's nice. Yeah, I mean, he's got big Angelo, you know. Like he just puts his arm around his shoulder, and he's like, "Don't look back." Big Angelo's got you now, mate. And you're like, "Yes, thank you." I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How do you classify Will? 
He's well, he's doing, doing worse okay. than Graham Potter because he got sacked. No, no, so. as in comparatively, no, he's, he's not. He's, he's not doing very well. He was doing when he started at Spurs. He was doing better than he is starting with you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, you can't say a worse team in terms of transfer value as well. But, yeah, yeah, you no can't say that this is this is the vision. You can't say that this is the vision to be ninth after a billion and just be average. That's not. No, that's not. Well. We, were, we, we managed by Lampard before Poch took over. It's literally like letting an amateur take over your club and then run the players' fitness into the fucking ground, and then you have Poch come in to say, "Here you go, fix everything." I mean, who is right. you had, who, who did you have before Poch? It was was it Harry? Afro, was it Harry? There we go. Top quality <laughs> geezer. He was sort. He he wasn't having any shit. You know, he was good. Okay, the thing is, Poch obviously knew he had the poison chalice in because everything that was going on was so like turbulent at Chelsea, um, and I think the the problem is I think because he was at PSG and he I think it's just when you I think when he came to Spurs he had everything to prove because he'd just been at Southampton and it, it, he'd been in he it was like this was the biggest step up he was ever going to have then he went to PSG and I think did better than we thought he was going to do there and we were all kind of surprised that he actually managed himself to handle that because I think that's probably the most toxic place you could manage and then hmm. Chelsea um I think for him his incentives probably were I mean first of all obviously like he has his kids based in London he wanted to be in the Premier League he wanted to be in London specifically if he'd gone to Arsenal someone would have put a hit on him like it would have probably been me and then like (laughs) and obviously Chelsea was like screaming for a complete like do-over but I think once again he's facing the same problems he was towards the end at Spurs where he's he's just like up against a kind of impossible um he's got an impossible task he's got um, i don't know if he's got a limited budget i don't know what's going on there but i think it's going to be a very long project for him and i've seen he's already lost his shit in his like (laughs) post-match stuff so i don't think he's got the same patience and like sense of self that he did when he was with us so he's already wound up i don't see him lasting another oh if you want to put bets on this yeah, what do we reckon? Ooh. How long has Poch got? Well, in November, me and the girls were saying he'd be gone by February, but I now think, like, end of the Punchy. season. End of the season. Oh, there you go. So if he does leave, that'll be four managers and two seasons for Chelsea, which actually is pretty half of the course for Chelsea, actually. But normal, where does the right? buck stop? So how do we feel about businessman of the decade, Todd Bowley? You were very, very um, complimentary about Clear Lake Capital, talking about the investment into the stadium. Yeah, so I mean, how are we feeling right now? Bit, just to clarify and finalise on that last point, you know, if, if any of us went to manage PSG, I think we would lose the love of football. It is, mm. a, as you mm. say, one of the most toxic places to manage. You don't really have that much power as a manager. Uh, the director has more power than you, as he should. The players have more power than you. And Bappe owns the club, basically, by now. Well, he is the sporting director so, as well. So he is his own boss imagine, now as well. He's your boss and, they, and your subordinate. <laughs> and Neymar was there at the time as well, which just sounds awful. It's really mm-hmm. awful to manage Neymar. Oh, sorry, mate. I'm injured. I've got a birthday party to go to. Fuck off. Like, that would be... Oh, my God. Anyway, um, 
I, I digress. Anyway, um, so yeah, I can see why it may be a bit of a challenge for him to come back into it, and I think he's doing quite well. Uh, on Daddy Todd, he's, he's the big boss, right? He's He's got the money. He's happy to give it to us. It's uh, now up to us to actually channel that money through some good sporting directors to allow the players. Swore. To... <laughs> There's what, like two sporting directors, like maybe three. <laughs> Paul Winstanley from Brighton, uh, Lawrence Stewart, um, and one more. Um, you know, what is an owner's job? An owner's job is to give you the platform to be able to buy good players and to have good facilities, right? That's that's their job. So, what do you think? Okay, okay. So my question is, where is it going wrong? Because from the outset, we spent loads of money, bought some amazing players. Like Fernandez is going is mm. a great player. There's no denying that, and I think Isolo is a great player too. So, like, what what part of it isn't working? That's what I don't get with Chelsea. Is it? Is it deeper than just the structure and organisation? Is it like the feeling around the club? Because it is pretty toxic mm-hmm. at Stamford Bridge these days, isn't it? I'd say time and squad leadership. Time for them to gel leaders in the squad to be able to mould and to, to help move things on in the pitch. Because I've got, I've got no doubts that Poch is giving them the right instructions. When mm-hmm. you, know, you look at the amount of goals that we score after half-time when the Poch has given his instructions back to the squad... But yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, the one thing that did frustrate the hell out of me, though, is that in the last match that we just played, we were advertising Todd Bowley's movie. Oh, yeah, I saw <laughs> this. The, the Wasn't there some guy brushing his teeth? Uh, and, like, what, some... the, the five, uh, five Guys, Argyle uh, is the movie. You're just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> 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 that. that film was so bad. Oh, dear. It's, it's got oh, Dua Lipa in. <laughs> Amazon must be kicking themselves that they didn't do it all or nothing about Chelsea these last two seasons because it just it just writes itself. It just ends in Argyle. That's a final episode. It's just a screening uh, of Argyle. Before you know what, I do, into the... Sorry, no, Dad, gonna... you go ahead first. I've got no, a long I, I do actually think um, if you if you give Poch a chance. And you just have some stability. I think the main thing is that you just haven't had any stability at all. There's been no, there's been no consistent. There's been like no consistency at all with like with management and leadership, as you said. So I think it's just going to take a lot of time. I just don't know if the board can has the. They just got this. They seem to be so rattled. It's the same at Spurs. Like I can't even imagine having one manager for a whole season. So thank you, Bell. <laughs> Spurs and Chelsea hand in hand. Share it. <laughs> Um, but but before you guys go on to the financial fair play, which I know you're going to touch on, given that we're talking about Everton and Forest in the near future, I can make a blanket statement. And then Chelsea's out of the picture. We don't we don't worry about Chelsea anymore. Okay. We made three hundred million worth of profit on players in the last window. So maybe just under three hundred million. We have amortised the players over a long period of time, which means that they, the cost of those players are, are taken year by year over those periods of the contract. So therefore, the amount that we've technically spent is less. So as long as we don't show significant losses in more than three years in a row, we're safe from financial fair play. And we've done pretty well recently before this period on selling players to not show those losses. 
for example, Hazard to Real Madrid for 150 million, that's pretty good. I think that was within the last three years. But if not, even if not, this year we haven't gone past the threshold. And I'm going to say all of this from reading things. And then at some point, the judges are going to bring down their hammer. And, you know, that is, if, that's, if that's what happens, then, then I've only got my educated uh, guess to say that it seems like we're safe. Yeah, I, I think know. that's a the good point. The caveat with that argument is, A, you're hamstrung now for the next eight years because you've immortalised all those contracts, right? So there's going to be less money in the bank, but also Todd was banking on getting Champions League um, money, which is just not going to happen. So the revenue coming in is going to diminish. And you reference Eden Hazard, but tell me who in your who in your squad is going to sell for 100 mil next summer? We don't want Connor Gallagher. Anyone? Connor Gallagher. <laughs> 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 no, well, you can be. You spent so much at the start, right? But they. No one's going to sign the players that you sign them we, for at that price. There's no resale. We don't need to, I don't think. I mean, <laughs> I, I think, you know. Who's like, going to buy Nico Jackson for 50 mil? Not, uh, not me. <laughs> no, you bought, you bought Kai Havertz for 63, so come on. Oh, see, see you. Oh, I'm going to take that L because that's true. And I'm back, Kai. <laughs> He looks great yeah. and red, and I still believe he's going to come good. But by the it's way, true. Mason Mount we sold for sixty-five million to Man United. So come on, let's. Oh, yeah, we need still, we still got some on the fall of Mason Mount because that that's so sad. Mason Mount seems like such a nice guy. He does. It is I mad, really, isn't I, it? I, Mason Mount's gone. Havertz is at Arsenal. Werner's at Spurs. It's just like Chelsea fans' nightmare. When you think that was a front three for that Champions League final like four it seasons ago. That, it's very it? odd. You, yeah. You think this is the core of our team. Then, mm. I mean, Chelsea look great. None of them are very yeah. good. In my opinion. If it's Mason Mount Liverpool, I'd have a different opinion. It's 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 in true from the backseat football fashion, that was our coverage of Man City versus Newcastle. <laughs> now, now moving on. To segue perfectly, <laughs> speaking of Man City, financial fair play. <laughs> <laughs> Everton have been found guilty again. How is that fair? I hear you ask. I have done some reading because I think it is really unfair. Um, and Nottingham Forest has also been found guilty, which I think everyone kind of suspected because they bought 35 players in what, like six months. But basically, mm-hmm. to put some context, Premier League clubs are permitted to lose a maximum of 35 mil season over three years, so 105 million across a three year period if they exceed that they will get slapped with ffp so what did everton do they over covid racked up a whopping 300 something million in losses and then tried to blame it on the stadium and bad economic conditions some of it we can say because they had a russian owner and his assets got frozen it's kind of okay but they basically tried to just write it all off as covid losses and build a stadium on the sly and just write it off so they got hit with that that was their first 10 point deduction. But basically, the second one is about last summer, which I find very disturbing. They somehow managed to make another loss last summer that exceeded the 35 mil threshold. And I guess it's a three season rolling thing. So you can't, you, every summer you could get penalized because you've made a loss over 35 mil the previous two summers. Do you see what I mean? So it's like a rolling problem. So they, they sold Richarlison and Gordon last summer, from what I remember, for like, or they sold them in the same season for like over 100 mil, and yet somehow 
still fucks it. So God knows how much money they're actually hemorrhaging with this stadium problem, but potentially we could see Everton just start the season at minus 10 every season um, for the foreseeable future. Um, Forrest, they sold Brennan Johnson to Spurs to try and cover up their FFP, but they did it two days too late. And that's really it. It's very cut and dry. They missed the deadline. And they got more money for him than what they would have got because Spurs knew they had an FFP thing. So, yeah, they fucked it, basically, from their own silliness. But yeah, Is there, like, a sliding scale on the charges, depending on how severe the, the breach is? So, oh, I think like, it's it, unprecedented, is it? isn't it? Yeah. It's all new well, territory. Everton's yeah. the first one to get fined, and now the second one as well, to get fined potentially as well. The real question is, how many points can Everton lose and still stay up? I think another 10. Yeah, another 10. Easy. I'm not joking. I'd confidently say on the pod, if he gets another 10-point man, he'll still stay up. (laughs) He's the goal. You're looking at PFA, manager of the season, if he keeps Everton up. Because remember what you said, Joe, earlier. Frank Lampard, terrible manager. Guess who came at Everton yeah, before Dyche? Dyche. He picked up the shittest team in the shittest condition. And if he rides out a 20-point loss and keeps them up, he is the GOAT. He's the best manager you know, in the league. Everton are so hilarious, actually, because it's like having a bricklayer try and kind of pay off a supermodel to be his girlfriend. Like, think about a 60-year-old Bill who doesn't have the money to do it, but he's going to start like having a little trophy wife who he's paying so much money for that is that is now stay with me that is Everton <laughs> and and Carlo Carlo Ancelotti they're literally they 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 said come on Carlo come to our club that's true we'll treat we'll treat you nice we'll give you all the money go and spunk it up the wall and then suddenly they realize they're in massive debt and Carlo leaves them mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah what Carlo knew it was coming maybe maybe he knew something we didn't at the time it was Real Madrid. It was, you know yeah. what? With Everton, I noticed. Remember when Rafa took over that fateful mm-hmm. season? And they bought Damari Gray for like 2.5 mil, and that was that. Mm-hmm. For all, oh, they're in trouble. <laughs> yes. Yes. They're in trouble if that's all they're spending. Um, but it's a worry, right? Everton have never been relegated from the top division. They ain't going to start now, mate. They ain't going to start now with in charge. I'll tell you that. I do feel like the Premier League would be less for be a lesser product for Everton going down and being replaced by someone like no offense Luton, but Luton. Do you know what I mean? Just, yeah. I've really enjoyed yeah. Everton this season. Yeah, well, I've offended yeah, everyone's pods. It's, it's the novelty though, <laughs> Bell. You wouldn't want you wouldn't want to play Luton every season, would you? Like, name me Bell. Name me four Luton players. Come on, Morris. Mm-hmm. And that's it. There you go. It's history. There's a history. Like, Conor Ancelotti was there. Hamas Rodriguez was there. They were top of the league like four seasons ago. It's mental. There's a lot. There's a lot to work with. But then I think, then he's, I I think that in the dream world, everyone gets done for financial fair play. And then all of the league gets completely refreshed. And then we see the likes of Ipswich and everyone, they're all in there creating their own histories. And then this is the future that we can look for where it's not just the same six clubs I say that as one supporting one of those clubs but no I, I would like to see I'd like to see it all just get turns on its head um, but I, what would piss me off is that if it is just Everton getting being the scapegoat seems like it what I would, would say 
as much, everyone knows I don't really like Man City, um, and everyone knows they've got 100 and whatever, 115 charges. The reason that Everton have been done is because Everton's is so obvious. Man City is very complicated because they've been trying to hide it the entire time. They purposely create a shroud of mystery, like a legal shroud. Everton just went, yeah, we made loads of losses, but it's a stadium, innit? So COVID, like, couldn't fill it, whatever. And they, that's it. They just tried to write it off. And so it's very obvious why they've been fined because they didn't think it was wrong and it was really, really not okay. Man City, mm-hmm. you know it's wrong, but they won't let you look at the books, you know? It's all very secretive. Then Forest, I don't um, Who knows what's happening with Forest? They just... Both, how, both how, 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 you think that, like, Everton are being obvious. I mean, Forest, come on. Yeah. Don't like, have any complaints, I uh, think. Last summer mental. was like unbelievable, wasn't it? Every day they were buying a new player. Yeah, they didn't even need one. Him. Noticeable for us, they borrowed Andre Santos from us, and I thought, oh, that's, that's a good signing, you know, for a club like Forest. And then they went and bought like another two midfielders for twenty million. <laughs> like, what is what is going on here? <laughs> How is this possible? But yeah. I remember that they, they had no left back, or they had one left back. Then they bought Harry Toffolo, and I was like, oh, I think I know that guy. He's pretty championship level, but I like it. Then they bought Ren and Lodi, and I was like, oh, Jesus, poor Harry Toffolo. Like, he's literally just come in, and he's immediately not going to play. And then I'm sure they bought another left back as well, like, in January. And I was just like, fuck me. This is like, this is literally like a video game where you're like, he is available, and he is a bit better, so I could do it. What could go wrong? So... I have no sympathy for Nottingham Forest, and I think of the two, they're more likely to go down if they get if they get a points yeah, deduction. I feel, I feel that. If they yeah, get and I don't see down. Nuno able to carry that like Daichi would. So nah. I think uh, I, he would just crumble and run, as we've seen many times before. Bell's <laughs> 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 not forgotten all those turgid one nil losses under Nuno. <laughs> I miss Nuno's Tottenham. They were a much better Tottenham to watch for me, personally. Yeah. Um, what, then current Tottenham? Yeah, current Tottenham scares me. I remember Conte's Tottenham was my, one of my favourite Tottenham's. Just an absolute basket case of a club. <laughs> it was so good. Conte's Tottenham still <laughs> keeps me up at night. I feel like um, it was it was like a prophecy that, that that moment where Tuchel and Conte went to shake hands and they like... And then they had that like insanely aggressive moment was the was the actual physical exchange of Harry Kane to Bayern Munich that was just coming like 18 months later. But no, that was that was a dark time. Um, oh, you've got the crystal. And today, was a dark time. Stellini. Oh, conferences. Oh, it was so Oh my god, yeah. I forgot about that guy. I remember yeah. when people were really excited about him because he won like oh. two games in a row and they were like, Well, he's got to get the job. hundred percent record. Or like, didn't he beat City or something? Well, we something always beat quite City, impressive. Yeah, really I feel like um, the problem is actually every single other thing. But no, Stellini was like, yeah, hundred percent win record because he played one game. We'd manage us for one game, but um, yeah, we were all excited. We wrote songs about him, blah blah blah, and then um, and then it was the Newcastle game, which uh, is probably my favourite Spurs memory ever, uh, where I think we conceded five goals in under twenty minutes. Oh, and yeah, I remember that. That was the oh, hangover for my yeah. birthday party. So I was in a really good place, like really just a bit there. <laughs> um, and, then, and then it was back to Ryan Mason, who has stepped in not once but twice as like a kind of our interim manager uh, through all of this. 
Do you think he comes back a third time? He ends up it, going to buy on coaching staff. Is saying? Ryan Mason still at Tottenham? Is he still part of the coaching? He will never leave. Okay, okay, cool. That's that's reassuring at least. Like, there's always <laughs> him just there, just in case things get too hectic. He's like, it's right, come here. I've got you. He's like, um, do you ever at Chelsea there was like Avram Grant or like Gus Hiddick? They'd always just like Gus be Hiddick. there. Yeah, yeah just like shepherd yeah, him in for six months yeah. when things were getting a bit shaky. Be like, right, it's not gone well. Gus, do you mind? And he's like. Solid. Bring him back. Bring back Ralph right. Abramovich. So, so are we are we saying like Everton shouldn't get another points deduction? Forest probably should, unfortunately. I think it's very unfair to give Everton a second FFP breach in the same season for last season when they mm. just gave them a punishment for like three years ago this season as well. Surely just do it next season. Like, surely yeah, it should be one. Like, if they've broken the rules, they've broken the rules, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but the punishment they got should have been allocated last season, is what I mean. But they were trying mm. to work out the process. Now they've got the process, they can't just start being like, well, we know the process now. 10 points, 10 points, 10 points to everyone. Yeah, I know what you mean. If that it's, is the case. But mm. like, there's a victim of, like, bad timing on top of all the other problems of Everton. And I'm saying it's a Liverpool fan. I don't think it's right. I don't think they should go yeah. down like this. Yeah, the it, it damages guys, the product as well, doesn't it? It does. Mm. I mean, it's bad for the league. It's not good. Two, two points deductions in in the same season is, is unheard of, you know. But I did but he have could a do quick, it. Uh, hot take for you guys. With Nottingham cool. Forest, let's say they go down. Who's going to get Gibbs White? Spurs. It's got to be Spurs. Spurs. He, he looks like Spurs. Yeah. What do you mean he looks like Spurs? Well, I was in like... He's not like a top, top player. Like Madison, you know? Madison's better, but it just feels like a good Spurs signing. Solid, English, room to improve. I can see it. I'll tell you what, I would take him. He seems I'd take like him a bit too. Of a pop, he, I'd take him. He is yeah. good. He's a good player. We'd all take yeah. him, but I feel like Spurs is the one. He does seem quite Spursy. He does. Well, yeah. United, you know, just disgusting United. Getting right in behind. Why Rasmus would anyone Hoyland. want to play for United? Yeah, literally. Ash. They're like, how about 250k a week? And he'll be like, yes, where do I sign? Yeah, Six years gone that. then. So... Nah. <laughs> yeah. Plenty of hugs could though. See, could see yeah. Pep picking him up, you know. Pep just being like, oh, there we go. And do some yeah, kind of magic spell. And then he becomes yeah. an amazing player. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Pep will need to fill that homegrown quota as per usual. But mm. that'll be a new Calvin Phillips. So yeah, you never know. Anyway... Many city transfer news this season. Oh, this forget season about, forget about City. We don't talk about City on this on this pod, no, Bell. That's true. Abolish. Unless they lose, then front and centre, prime focus. But apart from that, fuck those guys. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that's the end of the pod. Timekeeping needs to be sharper. So thank you very much for listening, listener. And if you made it to the end, you are a good fan. And we'll be back next Monday with a lot more consistency and a different different set of people. Isn't that exciting? So thank you for listening. Send us an email from the backseat, footballpodcast at gmail.com. Concise. We should change that. If you have questions you want us to answer, follow our socials from the backseat, football podcast. Blah, blah, blah. You, you get it. Okay. Thank you very much. Good night. Goodbye.